It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. It's almost unbelievable that Trump has extricated the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks. Dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Uh oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. <laughs> Indeed, it is Wednesday. It is hump day. Welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where, yes, we are dissecting the issues. News, politics, and opinion is right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. We need to be having conversations here in America. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com, and sign up for my emails. Uh, that's AmeriChicks.com forward slash Kim. And I will keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and important events. I'm the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Would greatly appreciate it if you would like and follow me, offering you a conservatarian perspective. And uh, producer Steve, thank you. Uh, great team, you, Zach, Patty, and Keith, uh, bringing all this important information forward, and uh, greatly appreciate that. And and just a shout out on that uh, national anthem, the 82nd Airborne. You know they are famous. Uh, they jumped in at D-Day in World War II, and they also jumped in at, at Market Garden in Holland. And I just love that rendition of uh, the, the Star Spangled Banner, Steve. We have several to choose from. Uh, that's one of the ones that, uh, and again, Charlie's the one who puts that in each day. So he selects it, but I think that's one of his favorites, too. Yeah, it's one of my favorites also. <clears throat> so we're going to jump into things here, have headlines, but before we do that, uh, we're doing this great, exciting event, Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth. I'm partnering with Dr. Tom Cranowitter, Bethany and his team, Jen Hewlin, owner of Water's Edge Winery in Centennial, Maria and Steve Martz uh, with Colorado Keg and uh, a Cork and Keg in Castle Rock, bringing you this fascinating book study of the Federalist Papers. We need to know why we believe what we believe. So Vino and Veritas Centennial at Water's Edge Winery meets the fourth Monday of each month. And Castle Rock just started, and they're meeting the last Sunday of each month. And each of these uh, lectures stand alone. So uh, we're targeting opening our Vino and Veritas in northern Colorado, hopefully in May. And we want to thank our presenting sponsors for April, Aaron Boyd, owner of Bullets Both Way for Centennial Vino and Veritas, and Grant Vanderjack, owner of Auto Fire Guard, which is April's Castle Rock, uh, present, or excuse me, March's Castle Rock uh, presenting sponsor. And uh, for Vino and Veritas, sign up or more information, go to americhicks.com forward slash Vino. Again, americhicks.com forward slash Vino. Let us know that you're interested. That helps us out a lot. And uh, I want to give a shout out to Susan Kochevar, the owner of historic, uh, the historic 88 Drive-In Theater. She was our presenting sponsor for Vino and Veritas Centennial in February because she believes that we really do need to have these conversations to understand why we believe what we believe. And we know that spring is here because Susan is opening the historic 88 Drive-In Theater this Friday, April 5th. 
the weather looks like it's going to be a beautiful day with a high of 66. And the opening movie is Shazam. It's about a streetwise 14-year-old foster kid who can turn into a superhero. So for more information, check out 88drivein.net. That's 88drivein.net. And uh, Steve, let's jump into some of these headlines here. There's a lot going on. Uh, on the state level, uh, or local level, we might say, Denver is putting on its big city pants. They're announcing a transportation department that could supplement RTD. Now, RTD has a significant budget, significantly more than CDOT, uh, the Colorado Department of Transportation, and, of course, the Colorado Department of Transportation is in charge of all of the state highways and uh, roads here in Colorado. RTD's budget is significantly uh, higher than that, and RTD typically moves, I think, about 3% of the population. Denver is working diligently to get people out of their cars. Uh, let me get to this article here for you. This is via the uh, Denverite. And back in 2017, Denver voters approved a tax increase to the tune of a half billion dollars for transportation. And this is one of the classic bait and switches that we have out there right now. When uh, politicians and bureaucrats talk about uh, transportation, they're trying to figure out how to get everyday individual hardworking people out of their cars. When regular people think about transportation, they think about getting in their car and going from point A to point B. What is so interesting to me, as you look at this article from the Denverite, it just came out, uh, let's see, yesterday. Uh, there is going to be, um, <clears throat> they're going to, uh, uh, Denver wants to consolidate uh, all of their transportation into Denver Public Works. And they're going to add a whole bunch of employees. Right now, they have, I think, about 120. And they're going to, with the new department, well, they will have 1,100 city staffers that are going to work diligently to get you out of your cars. They said that currently about 70% of local people in Denver are um, commuting solo. And it says that the reorganization will supposedly streamline projects like these to usher them into the public process more efficiently so that they can get people onto bikes, buses, and trains. And this is a real assault on the mobility choices of everyday, hardworking Coloradoans. Because, uh, for example, for me to get from my home to the studio, if I did that via uh, public transportation, I'd have to get up at 1 o'clock in the morning so that I could be here for a 6 o'clock show. It's just not efficient, and it's not safe. I don't want to be standing on a platform waiting for a train or uh, waiting for a bus at uh, you know 4 o'clock in the morning. It just isn't safe. I want to make sure that I have the choice for that I can drive where I want to, when I want to, instead of these um, these bureaucrats and politicians trying to make that decision for me. Steve, what do you think? You know, I I told you many times how many years I've been out here. It's uh, I passed the 40-year mark last fall, but I noticed something when I first got here, and I, I started thinking about the unfolding and the history of the country. Denver is essentially 100 years behind the East Coast cities. And they also, you know, endeavored to take on their transportation issues, you know, essentially 100 years before Denver was even really here. And... All right, when Denver really got serious about it, what was about to you know, unfold in the 40, you know, post-World War II, the automobile industry, you know, once it got back to producing automobiles and not weapons of war, 
uh, you know, that, that fit the bill. That was the bill. That was the answer to every transportation thing that was out there was more vehicles, buses, cars, you know, you name it. All right, now, you know, because they don't have that, that older infrastructure of, you know, solid subways, established subways and whatnot, uh, now that it's, they're, now they're, th- they're thinking, well, we got to undo this mess that we've created and, like you say, get people out of their cars. Well, and when you speak of a mess... Uh, the, the cities that they're looking to be like is Chicago, New York, and Washington, D.C. And when I think about them, they are a mess. They're dirty. They're not well run. And um, that is not, I think, that that's not the city. That's Denver is, is not the city that I remember, this beautiful jewel, you know, here on the eastern slope of the Rocky Mountains, uh, clean and, um, you know, has that people with that rugged, individualistic Western spirit, which I think is one of the reasons people have been moving here. And the cities that they're talking about, New York and uh, Chicago, people are leaving those cities. Now, Washington, D.C. is growing because there's all that government money there, but they're not well-run cities. And they're not a place, I, I used to go back to New York quite a bit. And it is a city that'll just knock you in the teeth. I mean, there's a lot going on, but man, I would get back to my room at the end of the day, and you know, I felt like I needed to take a shower and I just needed to rest because it is a fight just to get down the street. And that is not who I think we want to be as Denver. But the other point on this, Steve, is if in fact all these politicians and bureaucrats want people to get out of their cars, I want to say you first. But uh, all these politicians and bureaucrats, they have special parking spots downtown. They, uh, they think that they are above the rest of us, that they don't need to take this public trans- transportation. It's for all of us, the great un- unwashed, the, the regular hardworking individual people going after their ho- hopes and dreams. But I'm like, if you want to ride you know, bikes and buses and trains, you first. And uh, then we'll see what happens. So we're just uh, on that particular headline. I took a lot of time. But, you know, that is near and dear to my heart because freedom of mobility uh, for everyday hardworking people is the difference between a free society and a non-free society. So I'm just going to run through these other headlines really quickly. okay, Steve, Uh, in Colorado, there was a bill introduced in the Colorado Senate allowing local governments to enact their own rent control. It does not include a statewide standard like Oregon, uh, which Oregon did that in February. Number three, Colorado lawmakers nixed an experiment to allow people to buy into the state employees' health coverage. The reason is the inability to make the proposed pilot program work could impact Colorado's plan to create a health insurance public option. So uh, this is another thing they're working on is they want to try to get to a universal government-run health care here in Colorado. So it looks like maybe that got slowed down. And number four, Governor Polis <clears throat> signed a bill authorizing medical marijuana use for autism. And uh, Governor Hickenlooper last year had vetoed a similar bill. And then House Bill 191243 <clears throat> has been proposed indefinitely. And that is the one where it would allow 16-year-olds to vote <clears throat> in school board elections and this is, I think that we will see this coming back. You're seeing something nationally uh, regarding, again, um, Democrats trying to have 17-year-olds vote. So let's go to break. Before we do that, though, uh, I want to give a shout-out to Hooters Restaurants. Uh, Hooters is my sports headquarters, and, you know, there's a lot going on right now. The Final Four is this weekend. Michigan State faces Texas Tech. Virginia plays Auburn, and Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. 
The Nuggets are in the playoffs. The Avs are dancing around it. And the Rockies opening day is this Friday against the Dodgers. So, again, Hooters is the place to watch all the games. Wednesday's wing day, all the wings you can eat for $14.99. So uh, order your Hooters wings to go, or you can have them delivered right to your front door, or watch the games at Hooters. More information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com, and let them know that you know the AmeriChicks, and we'll be right back. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Oh, man, I love that. Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect the issues, the news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Uh, Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com, and sign up for my emails. I am the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Appreciate it if you would like and follow me, offering you a conservatarian perspective. Hey, Steve, I got into that whole transportation thing. And I got to have a little positive stuff here. I forgot to do that. Bring it. And our inspiration for today is from uh, Ike Eisenhower, the 34th president of the United States, five-star general and the supreme commander of the European Allied Forces. And what he says, he says, what counts is not necessarily the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight and the dog. And so we need to remember that as we're looking at these politicians and bureaucrats here in Colorado and what they're doing. And a little levity, some phrases of wisdom. I've got three for you, Steve. First of all, age is a very high price to pay for maturity. Two, artificial intelligence is no match for natural stupidity. And number three, for every action, there is an equal and opposite government program. And there you have it. So uh, just the uh, other headlines I wanted to make sure that you had on your radar today on the national level. You know, all of these politicians, when they are elected into office and they take the oath of office, they swear that they will uphold the Constitution of the United States of America. In the Constitution of the United States of America is the Electoral College process. It was put in by the founders to protect 
the the minority, the the individual, and keep the sanctity of the individual's right to vote, and so that the the little people aren't run over by the big population centers of like Chicago, Washington D.C., and New York, which is what we see uh, Hancock trying to emulate here in uh, Colorado and transportation. Uh, but the Senate Dems have introduced a measure to abolish the Electoral College. Number two, Trump reshapes the li very liberal Ninth Circuit uh, Court as Republican-appointed judges are gaining seats on the court. Number three, Trump says he's going to delay the health care push until after the 2020 elections. And number four, uh, draconian budget cuts in D.C. You know what that looks like? There's zero genuine cuts. Instead, spending increases by an average of 3.5%. My friends, we're going to have to tighten our belt and we're going to have to start to reduce this budget because at this particular point in time, we are borrowing from the next generation. As we have all of these, again, um, you know, politicians, bureaucrats, pundits talk about what we pass on to the next generation. You know, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says that in 12 years, you know, the world is going to burn up because of global warming. Well, I, I don't think that that's the case. I mean, who... It's very difficult for me to believe that she can know what the temperature is going to be in 12 years when we don't know what the weather is going to be like next week. It's all, I think, a narrative that's put out to push forward particular public policy. And if, in fact, we care about what we, we give to the next generation from an environmental standpoint, then we also must care, and we do. We need to be good stewards of our Earth. We need to care about what we're passing on to the next generation as far as this tremendous debt that we are incurring. So you can't have it both ways. We need to care about what we're passing on to the next generation environmentally and also what we're passing on to them economically. Okay, I uh, want to just go into very quickly this movie Unplanned, which uh, uh, hit the theaters last week. I've not seen it yet. Steve, have you seen it? No, ma'am. Okay. Several people immediately after the open uh, texted and called me and said, you've got to see the movie. I, I just haven't been able to, to do that yet. But apparently uh, there's, you know, there was, you know, again, uh, this, this push to keep the information suppressed about this. And Bob Duco, who does commentaries for Crawford uh, Broadcasting, I think he's out of, uh, is he out of the Detroit station? I can't remember. Yeah, that's correct. Steve. Okay. He does a really great job. Let's hear his soundbite quick like. I was just, you know, set it, set it up. Obviously, there's much to talk about the movie in terms of the, you know, the abortion industry and what this film uh, tries to depict. Bob has a very unique, obviously, I guess, because he's the media. He goes after the media response. So uh, here's his thing. Okay, great. And I would suggest to you folks, if you have not seen the movie yet, go and see it. And by the way, this was after a media onslaught effort to try to derail this movie. Do you know that the producers of Unplanned, they couldn't even get their commercials to play on most cable outlets. That's right. Most TV channels wouldn't even accept commercial dollars to advertise for this movie. Fox News did. A few other channels did, but for the most part, most of the media was like, we refuse to even let this be seen. It's part of the mentality of so much of the liberal left in this country. If we can't beat you on the debate, if we can't beat you on the issues, then let's just try to censor you, silence you, and keep anybody from hearing what you have to say. This movie pulls back the curtain on the evil of the abortion industry. 
it pulls back the curtain on the despicable nature of Planned Parenthood, who they are and what they do. And from all the efforts of the MPAA to give it an absurd R rating for this movie, for all the <laughs> efforts of people like Twitter, who actually temporarily suspended the Twitter account for this movie on opening day, for all the efforts of the media who attempted to silence this message by refusing to run the ads, it was still the fifth most popular movie in America. There you go. Boy, I, I tell you what, Steve, uh, you know, we in America, I think we believe that we are a place where we have a free, a free flow of ideas. College campuses, you know, it's a place where you're supposed to go and be able to kick the tires on these different ideas. And, and I remember, you know, my dad said, I may not agree with, with, you know, everything that's being taught at a college university, but I think it's important, you know, that we have a, a free place for ideas and people to, to look at those ideas. Man, we are in censorship now here in America, and uh, I think people are really waking up to that. Um, but I think at some point in time, our kids are going to look at us and they're going to say, "You guys, you, in a way, you lied to us because you know, as a society, you started to suppress voices instead of letting you know the the truth come out." And I think this movie, Unplanned, you know, Planned Parenthood talks about the woman's health, women's health, women's reprodu reproductive choices. You know, and for a lot of years, I think people kind of go, okay, now we see that, that Planned Parenthood is an industry, and it's an industry that preys upon the most vulnerable uh, little ones that cannot protect themselves. And that's a far cry from uh, women's health. And so the truth on this is so important. And, and with that, regarding social issues, you know, we are doing something very cool with Laura Carno. We're doing a, a book promotion. She has, has written a book. It's a really easy read. Government Ruins Nearly Everything, Reclaiming Social Issues from Uncivil Servants. And Laura brings great clarity to these issues of abortion, schools, guns, and marriage. And the first 50 folks who go to my website, americhicks.com, and sign up will receive a free copy, uh, either a book, an ebook, or an audiobook. And all that we ask is that you submit your review as soon as possible. She has all of the instructions on how to do that. And Steve, we've only been doing this for two days. And uh, most of the books are gone. So if you're thinking, I'm going to do that tomorrow, you better do that today. Go to americhicks.com and sign up for your free copy. And again, it's a very easy read, but it brings clarity to these issues. And I think that we are, I'm excited about this movie Unplanned because it is bringing clarity to this uh, very serious issue with, with uh, Planned Parenthood. And I think one of the first things that we have to do as a society, we can no longer fund an organization that is one of the largest abortion providers in America, and that is Planned Parenthood. And so the first thing to do is we've got to get the government money out of that. If people then want to... Uh, you know, fund Planned Parenthood with their own money, you know, I, I, I think that they should. But as far as a society using tax dollars for abortion, this abortion industry, we've got to get, we've got to stop that. And it sounds like this movie Unplanned is going to be um, just a real big, um, uh, I, I think, bringing clarity to the issue. And I think that there will be a real push to uh, defund Planned Parenthood. Half billion dollars they get. And, uh, and then they're out there playing in all of these elections as well. So, Steve, your final thought on Unplanned. Well, yeah, caught me off guard, dear. I, I guess yeah. I go back to uh, what Bob Duco was saying. They, got, they can't 
uh, meet you on the field of debate and, and reasoning, so they're going to censor and, uh, and silence. And I say, who gave them that charter? Where did they decide that that was their job? So that's it. Well, and, and on that point... Uh, they can't. I, I, I'm not sure that they believe that they can actually win this next election either, and so that's why they've been dancing around having 16-year-old votes, 17-year-old uh, vote. Uh, that's why uh, you're seeing uh, this push at the uh, to take away the, the electoral college, uh, because I'm in the battle of ideas and that radical progressive activists, I don't think that they think they can win. We're going to go to break here in just a little bit. We'll be talking with Tina Francone, former RTD director and former um, uh, Jefferson County Commissioner about Governor Polis and our air quality control regulations here in Colorado. Before we do that, though, Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management is on the line. Jason, how are you doing this morning? Oh, you're getting me madder and madder. <laughs> I don't want to make you mad. We, we're doing good. We're just bringing forth the issues, Jason. It's important that people understand this. Well, it's important that uh, that it evokes a good response to you, and for that, it's working. Well, that's that's good. That's good. But let's talk a little bit about nest eggs and finances. You know, if you plan, and it, it, it's a good thing, but you need to have a plan that really works for you, right? Well, you need a plan that's accurate, I think. It's funny, you're talking so much about unplanned, and we want to talk about planning here, but uh, I think that I've seen a lot of these plans that are like two-minute little Internet uh, things, and, and a lot of times they're, they're just not accurate. Uh, and just in case, Kim, you're going to be alive and not burn to a crisp in 12 years, you need to plan to live beyond that. So... A couple examples of what I see is just someone will say, well, I made, uh, whatever, 100000 while I was working, uh, and our industry is guilty of this. They'll say, well, you'll need about 80% of that when you're retired. And I say, well, why is that? Maybe some people need 50%. Maybe some people are going to want more. So you need to get a good, accurate uh feel for what your actual expenses are going to be and because that's kind of the number your whole retirement plan is going to center around sure. uh the the other one i see kim are, are incorrect inflation rates and times that expenses go on for example the principal and interest on your mortgage that doesn't inflate God willing, your mortgage shouldn't go on forever, and certainly anything healthcare related, you've got a plan. Those costs are going to increase faster than others. So, if those type of things aren't in your plan, if they're not boiled down correctly that way, I think you might have some glaring inaccuracies in there. Well, an accurate plan is really important, and Jason McBride, you and the folks over at Presidential Wealth Management can help people with that. And to get more information, check out chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. Jason, thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, Kim. Okay, and we'll be right back with Tina Francone talking about air quality control here in Colorado. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 
303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have on the line with me Tina Francone. She is a former director for RTD and a former county commissioner, Jefferson County. Welcome, Tina Francone. Well, good morning, Kim. It's great to be back with you again. Well, and uh, we ended up having a a text message conversation uh, a a few weeks ago when we were talking about uh, Senate Bill 181, which is this um, legislation which basically is going to kick oil and gas company, oil and gas development out of Colorado. And petroleum products make our lives better. I don't think that people realize that it's not just, you know, the fuel that you put in your car or the... uh, energy that turns on your lights and your heat but there are so many things of everyday life your you know your your cell phone and your computer and uh, the clips on your backpack all kinds of things come from petroleum products and um, the idea that senate bill 181 it's working its way through the legislature uh, it's astounding that we would actually you know do legislation that is going to really demonize a, an industry that does a lot of good things for Colorado. And so what really kind of hit your hot button, and you know a lot about that, and I think everyday hardworking people don't understand it because it sounds so complicated, but is like the Air Quality Control Commission. And uh, since you're a former director for RTD and a former county commissioner, you understand this. Well, you know, Kim, it really, you, you want to talk about issues and you know, how complicated it is for the regular person to to understand these. It's really not that complicated because after our little text conversation, um, I pulled up uh, an article um, that was in the Denver Post uh, last Friday, the 22nd, um, where Governor Polis was um, suggesting that uh, really – the reasoning for for our bad air quality here in Denver, in the Denver metropolitan area, was basically due to uh, our oil and gas industry um, and and their indifference um, to what they were doing. And so, so doing a little bit of research and going back and looking. You know, these are things that I knew of and I kept an eye on as an RTD director and as Jefferson County Commissioner. Uh, transportation, of course, is, is very near and dear to mm-hmm. my heart. Um, but back in January of this year, uh, Governor Polis uh, authored an executive order and recent, really, the, the, you know, 
creating an air quality council and really mandating that Denver have, um, you know, a certain percentage of electrification of their vehicles by the year 2050. Um, there was a 2017 study that was done by a national consulting firm um, that looked at what the possible savings to Colorado could be by you, by this transition away from you know, fuel generating cars to electrification of our vehicles. And really the important part about that is that in that executive order, uh, Governor Polis said that transportation is a major, transportation is the major contributor to air pollution. And it, it contributes to the continuing violations of health, the health-based federal pollution standards. Um, but he kind of backtracked on that went in this article on Friday and said instead that it was the oil and gas industries that were the major contributors to the pollution in in our Denver area. Um, so and I think it would be silly and common sense tells you that there's no one uh, contributor that that you know escalates our, our air quality like that it's a combination of everything but the interesting thing about um, about if you look at our air quality in the Denver area um, really the main contributor and the reason that that the Denver metropolitan area is violating those federal standards is because of and I'll just say stuff that blows in, that's not located in Denver. Um, you know, fires in Utah, uh, they think coal-burning facilities, manufacturers in China, this air all blows in and contributes to our air quality here. And I know that sounds crazy. How could that happen? But, you know, people way above my pay grade go out and measure this stuff. And it's really, you know, and it really annoys me that the, our oil and gas industry here in Colorado has been really villainized and demonized for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, as county commissioner, I led the charge to oppose Proposition 112. And by a unanimous vote, all three county commissioners, our Democrat included, um, you know, voted to oppose Proposition 112 and protect those jobs that come to our our county and to our state. A lot of people don't understand that um, the oil and gas industry has been a huge contributor to um, the development of alternative fuels, wind, solar, biofuel, and so it just made me mad to read that article, to to watch our oil and gas industry, be, you know, take the hit over and over and over again. And um, and thank you for, you know, always be on, being on the cutting edge of providing information to people and getting that information out there so they know. Well, and a couple of things. Uh, first of all, there is this... Uh well, I care deeply about the environment. I, I, we all live and work together, and we have a responsibility to be good stewards of our environment. And the air in Denver is much better than um, years ago when I first moved here. I remember the brown cloud. We seldom have a brown cloud. Every once in a while it might happen. But the premise that we have bad air here, I almost I want to go back to basic 
statistics and almost push back on that because we have made great strides in uh, in cleaning up our air from the the 70s and then also what is the you know i think we have to ask when we're saying you know wh- what is the the standard what is the the day you know what is the that air quality that that we say is the the perfect one that we're trying to get back to and uh i think that that's a, a moving target as well and i think that people have to realize over the years i mean just think about it in colorado when we had the great buffalo herds that migrated you know from uh, north dakota down to, to texas you know of course that was through kansas that way but but they kicked up a whole bunch of dust or there used to be forest fires years ago as well that contributed to the air and so the point is is you know where do they measure the air here in colorado uh you know who is doing that sometimes i think that there are people with agendas that are are on some of these commissions and then to as you mentioned when california was having all of those fires i mean you could almost smell it here in the air in, in colorado right. so why should we be dinged uh, for being in quote unquote violation when it really isn't our doing. Well, and that's the key here, Kim, is that um, the federal government and the Air Quality, you know, Commission has realized that there are things that are wholly outside of our control here in Denver or in Colorado even um, because you can't, I mean, what you can't build a wall and (laughs) stop, you know, put a dome or something over over Colorado to say, oh, you bad air, stay out. Um, You can't do that. But technically, and I don't want to get too far into the weeds on this, but um, in 2008, the federal government, the EPA, um, set forth a health standard um, of 70 parts per billion um, in 2015 that, that is the standard. And so, um, late of late, um, there were air samplings done in four areas at, at the NREL in Golden, Chatfield State Park, and uh, Fort Collins, and over near Rocky Flats. So, from those four areas, air quality samples were being taken and found to be in excess of that 70 parts per billion ppb federal limit. Um, and, and of course, you know, oil and gas was, you know, claimed as a, as the villain in this whole thing. But, but really there is an exemption. There's a federal exemption, um, for those types of things for air that comes from a, a geographic exception, if you will, for your location to say, you know, well, we realize where you're situated, Denver, right up against the foothills where everything kind of just blows and settles, um, you're going to necessarily have a higher reading. And truly, if we took every single car off the road, if we stopped every piece of manufacturing in the Denver metropolitan area, we would still exceed those readings or be pretty close to that. So the federal government, in its wisdom, has has provided an exemption for that and to say we recognize your geographic location makes it virtually impossible for you to comply with these standards. So we're going to allow you an exemption. But what Governor Polis said was, 
no, I want you, Air Quality Control Board, to say, no, we don't need that exemption. We're going to push the envelope. We're going to make sure. We're just, we're just going to say, we don't need the exemption. We're going to shut everything down, and we're going to comply. Because um, as one of our um, former Boulder um, commissioners um, suggested that it's, uh, you know, why should our children be breathing bad air? at the expense of our oil and gas. Well, and so, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that, that premise, bad air, when in essence we have done so many things to clean it up and cars uh, are run much cleaner than they did, you know, many years ago. I mean, there's, you know, few emissions that come out from that. And then, and then electricity, though, you know, there are rare earth minerals that have to be mined in third world countries for uh, you know, our solar panels and for those wind turbines. And and so nothing is perfect. I think that's where I'm headed is nothing is perfect. And they will not accept that um, that oil and gas has be- is become cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. But it it enables everyday people to thrive and to flourish and to pursue their economic well-being. And that seems to me to be one of the things that's on the table there, Tina. Yeah, and no question. It's, you know, you see it um, in in the, the legislation that's going through the state house right now with respect to oil and gas. It's an all-or-nothing proposition. It's not um, a compromise. It's not um, a recognition of the huge contribution that the oil and gas industry has made to this state and to the people of the state of Colorado. It's, uh, you're bad, we're taking you out. And so, and we want an immediate replacement of this. Okay, and and it, it's an all or nothing. It's a black or white solution. So for those legislators down at the, at the state house, shame on you for standing up say, and saying, you know, we want a bipartisan approach. No, you don't. You want to eliminate uh, a major contributor and a major industry in the state of Colorado, um, you know, for your own political partisan uh, purposes. Well, you know what, Tina? That's just not right. It's not right. Let's go to break and continue this conversation. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks talking with Tina Francone, former RTD director and former county commissioner in Jefferson County. She knows a few things about all of this uh, politics out there. So we will be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. Welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Uh, Pleased to be having a conversation with Tina Francone. She's a former RTD director as well as a former county commissioner in Jefferson County. And we're talking about air quality, air quality control commission. Uh, Tina, it's just great to have you on the line. 
Well, thanks so much, Kim. You know, it's always a pleasure to be um, be interacting with somebody who's so knowledgeable and um, and really gets that message out. Well, thank you, Tina. And both you and I, being uh, elected officials at the local level, uh, you know, it's interesting to see all of these different commissions and things. And they they're actually can become very powerful. And uh, actually, when I hear the word commission or council, like um, Air Quality Commission or, or like the National Popular Vote, a compact, these are different things that they're not really elected officials that are representing us, which is a bit antithetical to the American idea. Well, you know, and, and in particular, this air quality um, commission was, um, you know, the brainchild of Governor Polis, and it was um, the creation of that commission was was outlined in his executive order back in January of this year, um, where you know he got you know he appointed um, people to these to these various positions, and again, the key word being appointed, not elected. Most definitely. And we have moved to uh, away from representative government in America. I think I think everyday hardworking Coloradoans, everyday hardworking Americans think that we have representative government. But we've actually moved in many ways to an administrative state where you have these unelected bureaucrats that have been appointed uh, that are making so many decisions. So in this case, with the Air Quality Control Commission, uh, you said, I think in the last segment, that there were four spots where they take these readings in the metro area. And they don't take into account the fact that, you know, we are right up against the mountains. And so that that can be a, a kind of an outlier in a way as you're taking these readings. And they're only taking four readings here in Colorado. And then we have air that's coming from California. I remember when they were having all those fires. You know, we, we couldn't, we could almost see it here. And then, you know, air moves across the earth. And so we have over in China, people are wanting to have upward mobility. They're wanting to be able to get off their bicycles and to ride around in cars. They want to be able to 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 flourish and they're seeing that, you know, coal-fired burning uh, coal you know, coal plants are allowing them to do that, but they are just spewing pollution up into the air because they don't have these clean coal plants like we do here. So some of that air is coming over here and we're we're possibly going to get dinged for that. Well, and that's true. And I, you know, the federal government has realized that this is an issue that you can't control how you know unless you build a dome or a wall um, and we all know how people feel about the wall um, you know you can't isolate yourself and you can't say well you know your bad air can't come over into you know cross the state line because you know because obviously the air knows where the border is but you know so the federal government has created an exemption um, for uh, geographic areas that recognize that you can't control that you know how the air comes into your state and where it's measured. Um, but the the problem with this air quality control commission is that they unanimously voted without a hearing uh, that they without would not a hearing this exemption without a hearing no hearing. Um, they just said, nope, we're just going to take a vote. We're not going to listen to anybody else. We're not going to take testimony from anybody else. We're just going to do it. And so they decided. At, at Governor Polis's, um suggestion to not seek 
um, that federal exemption uh, for the state of Colorado. And so while there's a recognition on the federal level, um, they're not, our local guys are not understanding that issue and and not realizing that, um, you know, control of the air is not within within our, um, or the movement of air is not within our, um, you know, our ability. But so, but what they're then going to use is this standard, this to regulate uh, an industry, the oil and gas industry, which provides a product that allows everyday hardworking Coloradoans to be able to to move about and to you know pick up their kids at, at soccer practice and to you know have their their truck that they can use to create a business, and they're going to use this air quality control commission which you mentioned was appointed by Governor Polis. So he appoints the guys to reaffirm his executive order, and they don't even have a hearing on that. I mean, it seems like they're doing an end run around we the people on this whole thing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and you know, you can see that. It's it's very clear. And, it, you know, the... the um Really, the irony in this whole thing is that in this executive order that created these standards, these very stringent air quality standards for the state of Colorado and created this commission, um, you know, in that order, um, Governor Polis says that transportation is a major contributor to air pollution. And this is, uh, you know, this is what's contributing to the ongoing violations of the health-based federal policies that he wants, you know, us to hold to. Um, But because oil and gas is, I think, in the limelight right now, he's kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth because now he says... It's the oil and gas industry that are the major contributors to air pollution. So, I mean, who doesn't think that's a timely idea? Um, They use all kinds of different boogeymen. Uh, So they have this quote, this problem. And, And first of all, the air is much better in Colorado than when I moved here many, many years ago. And so people want to have clean air. And instead of looking to government, they say, okay, we want to have clean air. Many people say they look to government to do that. And then government uses that as an excuse to start to regulate people's lives. We have this, if we're truthful about it, we have this common goal um, regarding we want to make sure everybody has good air to breathe. And when I say we want to be truthful about that is I'm really talking about these other folks that are using that. Then they say we want to have clean air to breathe, but then they use that to try to put forward regulations that will control people's lives. And that is, it's insidious what is happening in that realm, I think. Well, you know, Kim, and, you know, we've had conversations about this, but really I think it's it's a um, fundamental um, understanding of where your power comes from. Um, these folks that would seek to control our air, our education, our bodies, our rights, um, really think that government is the big hammer that's going to control us. While, you know, as a conservative, Republican, Christian woman, I understand that my power comes from God. And so it's not that I don't, and and many people don't see um, that, you know, really my goal is a cleaner, healthier planet 
and and it's the same goal as you know our liberal friends but how you get there is a different path our liberal friends would say government needs to be the one in control of that and i say no God is in control of that, and I'm in control of that because God puts that responsibility on me to be a good steward of the planet that he's given. And so we get to the same end. We get to the same goal. It's just a different path. And if we can sit down and we can have those conversations and highlight those conversations so that it's not a black and white conversation, it's a one thing or the other, we can have oil and gas or not. You know, that's it's got to be um, an understanding of where other people are coming from and understanding truly that we want the same thing. Well, we we want the same stated thing because many of these folks, you said something, how we get there, which triggered something with me. Oh, you triggered me, Tina. You triggered me <laughs> again. <laughs> again. And, and that is, is how we get there. You know, as local officials, we have been in many meetings with these 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 um, politicians and bureaucrats that are advocating, you know, getting rid of uh, basically private vehicles, getting rid of uh, uh, oil and gas development. And but when we talk about how we get there, most of them come and they get to those meetings in a car instead of riding a bike or many of the other transportation um, 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 you know, uh, opportunities that are out there. They, they come in their car instead of taking the bus, the train, or the bike. Absolutely. And, you know, and that is, uh, you know, highlights, A, <laughs> the, um, their inability to understand what their job is as an elected official, as an elected representative of the people. They're talking about what's good for other people and not for you. Because, you know, look, I mean, the truth of it is, as an elected official, um, you go to serve for a period of time. This is not your career. You go to serve for, you know, a defined period of time, and then you go back to being a citizen, right? So... Uh, you know, so they should be more mindful of what they're saying because, you know, in the end, this applies to them as well. Um, so the hypocrisy of saying, you know, well, we're going to create something for the people, those people, uh, is rampant right now. It's, you know, again, it's it's a failure to understand that we can we can work together to achieve um, a stated goal. But that's hard work, and it takes somebody to sit down and roll up their sleeves to say, I'm going to listen to what you have to say and stop you when you're treading on my, my constitution and you're, you're treading on my constitutional principles. But we can have, we can work out a solution to most of these problems if we sat down and we realized it's not black and white. And so that's why your show and your tapas and topic. Um, events have been so helpful to so many people because you know you highlight the idea that I don't need to sell my conservative Republican principles down the road in order to get the job done. I just need to articulate it. That's for sure. So we need to be having these conversations. Tina Francone, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you, Kim. You have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks. 
And our quote for today is from Thomas Jefferson, written in 1788. He said, the natural progress of things is for liberty to yield and government to gain ground. So this is Kim Munson today. Read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. God bless you, and God bless America. And I-